2 Thessalonians 1. Just look at a few little verses tonight. That's going to be kind of toward the back of the New Testament. All the books that start with a T are together. So if you can find one that starts with a T, then just keep flipping around and you'll find it pretty quick. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Kind of a short little book. Might only be a page or two in some of your Bibles. Probably hard to, to flip by. It's right before First Timothy. That's like trying to find Philemon. That's a short one too. That thing's only about a half page. It'll sneak up on you quick. All right. We're going to read verses 3, 4, and 5, and then we'll pray. We must always thank God for you, brothers. This is right, since your faith is flourishing, and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your endurance and faith and all the persecutions and afflictions you endure. It is a clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom for which you also are suffering. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help my mind just to get straight on these words tonight, dear Lord. Just block out anything of the world, any stresses, any worries. God, this is your time, so I pray that you would just speak through me tonight. I pray that you would clear the hearts and clear the minds of each one that's here, dear Lord, that we can see what's going on in these verses, that we can see the heart and the, and the actions of, of your people in Thessalonica, God, and that we can learn from what they're going through and how they're responding, dear Lord, so that we too can flourish in our faith, so that we can grow in you. So I pray that you hide me behind the cross. Give me just the right words to say, God, that you'll be glorified in this place tonight and so that we can grow in you. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Now, Paul is, is talking uh, to the Thess Thessalonians here, and he's speaking pretty highly. These are encouraging words that he's talking about to them. Now, if you read the rest of the book, which you can later if you want to, it's, it's a short read. Uh, he's just kind of preparing them to stand firm for whatever may come their way. That's, that, that might not be a good summary, but that kind of a, a gives you an idea. They were obviously facing hard times. He talks about their afflictions and their persecutions that they are facing, and I don't know exactly what those are afflictions and persecutions would have been. They could have been something as simple as uh, the, the, the community and the culture around them not accepting them because they were Christians and living differently and they may have been ridiculed for their beliefs and what they were doing. Obviously, that's something that we see in our world today and we probably experience that on some level, maybe not frequently or maybe very frequently. I don't know how often that we all encounter that, but we've all probably been probably encountered that at some point in time in our life. It could have been a little worse than that. It could have been affliction and persecution to the point that perhaps they were being in prison. They were being beaten. It doesn't say here that they were being put to death, but I suppose that there's a possibility simply because we see that type of, uh, of thing going on in the New Testament. We see that with Jesus' disciples. We see that with the followers of Jesus. It's not terribly uncommon at this time in Scripture to see those giving their life for Jesus Christ. We also can understand that too because we see that in our world today. 
It's not terribly uncommon, sadly, to hear of Christian men and women, missionaries or servants of God in some capacity who may be in another place, in another country, and it's not terribly uncommon for us to hear that one has been killed, that one has been in prison, that one has been severely wounded by taking a stand for Jesus Christ. And so we can understand and relate to the fact that there are afflictions, that there are persecutions, and sometimes as a, per, uh, as a servant of Jesus Christ, uh, our very life may be put on the line. But in the midst of the hard times that the people of uh, Thessalonica were going through, Paul is commending them on how they are handling themselves. He is commending them on the way that they are acting and carrying themselves as Jesus Christ's servants. He says in verse 3, We must always thank God for you, brothers. This is right since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Now those are good, two good areas that we as Christians can look at in our life. Now, he says that their faith is flourishing. That means that it is, it is growing, it is beautiful, it is, it is abundant, it is exceeding. Some of your Bibles may use the word that their faith is growing exceedingly. So their faith in, in God was not just stagnant. Uh, they were not just going through motions. They were not uh, just kind of, okay, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I know he died for me, but I'm just kind of getting by. No, in the case of the people of Thessalonica, they were growing exceedingly in the Lord. Their faith was flourishing. Now, I was thinking about that as I was thinking about all the hard work that we did planting those flowers in the flower bed. Our ultimate goal is that they will flourish. That is, that one day that they will burst out of the ground and they will be big and they will be beautiful. The same thing goes for some of you who may have planted a garden. Who plants a garden and says, well, I hope stuff just barely comes up. I hope I get just a little bit of stuff. It's just kind of raggly and don't look good and not healthy. Nobody plants a garden and says that. We want gardens and we want flowers that are going to flourish. Because things that flourish are much more beautiful, right? A garden that flourishes is much more tasty. A garden that flourishes doesn't just give you a meal for a day or two. It fills up your freezer for weeks and months to come. And so we, we understand this idea of wanting to see something flourish and understand how that brings blessing to our life. That we can see the beauty or that we can taste the goodness of the things that have been grown. In the case of the Corinthian people, Paul is talking about them flourishing in their faith. That is, they were growing in the Lord. They had much joy in the Lord. They were excited about the Lord. It was probably an excitement and a joy that was visible through their actions and the way that they treated other people and the way that they treated one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. They were flourishing as Christians. And one question that we can ask ourselves is, is our faith flourishing? Are we flourishing as brothers and sisters in Christ, both individually and as a church? Another thing that he points out that they did is he says that uh, the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Now those are two signs of a healthy church, of a healthy body, of a healthy group of believers. One, that their faith is flourishing, they are growing in the Lord and their desire to serve the Lord and their knowledge of the Lord and their joy of the Lord and also their love for one another is increasing. And that's a good thing for us to ask as a body of believers here at Enterprise Baptist Church. 
Are, is our love for one another growing? Or do we get to a point where sometimes we just put up with somebody? Well, we as brothers and sisters in Christ don't ever want to just put up with one another. That's not the type of, uh, of, of spirit that God has put in us. He's put in us a Holy Spirit of love. And so our love for one another needs to be increasing. We should never get to a point that we are, we are uh, not, not going to love anymore. Now, I believe that we are a loving church. I think everyone would agree to that. But that doesn't mean that our love can't keep increasing. That's the good thing about love is it just, it just keeps going. There's, you, you can't put a limit on it. If you don't believe me, read the scriptures that we read Sunday. Go back and listen to that sermon where we talked about our Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. You can't measure love. Love is ever increasing and should be for those of us in Christ as we grow in Christ and as we are there for one another. That's another good, good little uh, check we can do on ourselves. We can, we can say, God, do I really love everybody? Is my love for my brothers and sisters in Christ in this body, is it really growing? And God may point out that, well, there's some, there's some issue or conflict with you and that other person. Or maybe you kind of rubbed each other the wrong way and you talked to each other, but there's some tension there. And maybe the Holy Spirit will reveal that, well, you might need to tidy up that relationship. Well, it's not that you, that you hate each other. It's not that you, that you don't care what happens to the other person. It's not that you want something bad to happen. But sometimes, as human beings, we may have things that come up that rub us the wrong way. But as Christians, we get past those things, and we need to increase in our love for one another. And God may reveal those things to us sometimes. Or you may be doing good with everyone around you. And if you are, praise the Lord. But those are two good things that we can check in our life to say, is my faith flourishing? And am I loving my brothers and sisters in Christ more today than I did last week, than I did last month, than I did last year? And so we need to keep those questions in mind as we continue and strive to grow in the Lord. He also goes on to point out that God is, is going to bless them in the verses following this, that they are going through those afflictions while they are here on this earth, while they are facing those who are coming against them. But Paul goes on to say a little further on that there is coming a time where God's judgment is going to come down on those who are causing the affliction. But he is reminding the Thessalonians that there is coming a time that they are going to experience God's grace and God's reward in great abundance. And so he is, he is encouraging them in these words, one, that they continue to do well as they are, and two, that they know that these who are coming against them will not go unpunished. And even though they may suffer the afflictions themselves, there's coming a day that they will experience God's grace and God's mercy. And we need to be reminded of those things too sometimes because there are times in life where we go through afflictions and we go through sufferings. Now, maybe we're not going through the same sufferings as some of our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, that are going through really difficult times, but we also don't want to belittle the sufferings that we may go through. They may seem trivial to us, and maybe in the grand scheme of things, compared to what some are going through, they are trivial. But in the moment when we try to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with that neighbor or that friend, and they come against us and they curse us or they holler at us or they slam the door in our face, while that's not the same type of suffering that, let's say, David Eubank is experiencing, 
It is suffering nonetheless for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is discouraging when you have built up that courage and the Holy Spirit has put it on your heart and you've built up and you realize that you need to, all right, you need to do it, you need to do it, and you finally build up the courage and you think, well, the Holy Spirit led me to do it. Something good's going to happen. And you, and you do it and you trust in the Lord and the person just completely just throws you off. And then you get discouraged, right? But you still got to do those things because you never know that there might have been something that you said that might have made a difference. In the moment, you might have said, well, God, why did you call me to do that? I built up that courage and nothing happened. Well, maybe nothing happened or maybe something is going to happen in the future. And so we need to remember those things that when we suffer for the Lord, that we may be suffering for good that we may not see in our lifetime, but it may be good that we'll see in the life to come. You know, when we talk about flowers and plants and gardens, one thing is a little different between us flourishing in our faith and our gardens flourishing. See, for our gardens to flourish, we want to give them a perfect environment, right? What do we do? We get the tractor out, we'll till the soil. We want it to be just right. We may even put fertilizer out. Uh, we may even put an electric fence up to keep the animals out. We want to give our plants, uh, whether it be flowers or whether it be vegetables, we want to give them perfect conditions. Because what would happen if we took seeds and just threw them out into the grass and never did nothing with them? Well, probably nothing would happen. Through sheer chance, something may pop up more than likely, the bird would eat the seeds or an animal would eat the seed. And if the ground's not in good shape, then nothing's going to grow. It's not going to take root. And so when we talk about gardens flourishing, we want to, to present them in a perfect environment. And we want to have everything just right. And for plants to flourish, they need a good environment. They need everything to be just right. They need to be protected from the animals who are going to come and try to snatch them up. But isn't it interesting that God helps us flourish by putting us in, in sometimes the worst environment? Now, that's kind of a hard thing for us to, to understand. Oftentimes, when our faith flourishes the most is when we've come through a really difficult time. Not because God put us in the ideal situation where everything around us was perfect and we were completely uh, secure from any harm that may come to us. Those usually aren't the times uh, when we flourish in our faith. As Christians, usually we flourish in our faith when we are experiencing hard times, when we are experiencing affliction, when we are calling out to God because there's no one else we can call out to. It's often in those times that we feel God's presence and we see God working and we praise God all the more because in our circumstances, in our hard times, in our afflictions, God has heard our prayers. God has helped us. And that's how our faith flourishes in the Lord. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. If you want to flip there, you can. If not, just listen. I'll flip there and read them real quick. James 1, verses 2 and 3. Some of you may remember this if you've been coming to Mr. Thomas's classes. It says this, verse 2, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Now wrap your head around that verse, right? That's totally opposite of everything that we as human beings, uh, we, we find it hard to do that. We find great joy when good things happen. 
when we get a big, big, big bunch of money for something, when we, when we realize we don't have to pay a bunch of money into taxes, we consider that great joy. When we find out our children are getting married, we consider that great joy. When we see a lost soul get saved, we consider that great joy. But very seldom do we consider a hard time in our life great joy. But right here, James tells us to consider it great joy when we experience various trials. He goes on to say in verse 3, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Isn't that good news? It's a testing of our faith, but it's a testing of our faith that produces endurance. That is, it causes us to flourish. It causes us to grow. He says a little further on, But endurance must do its complete work, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Isn't that something, how God chooses something that we may overlook or, or may not think is, is helpful in our life, and He uses that very thing to help us to grow in Him? Not just in our relationship to Him, but also our relationship to others. One more verse before we close. One more verse. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Just another verse, kind of along the same lines of the one we just read. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Right? We just heard that. Really similar to what James just told us. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has give, who was given to us. Now those verses that we looked at there in Romans and in James, they remind us that when we're going through hard times to know that it's in those times that God is building our character. It's in those times that God is trying to grow our faith. Sometimes it's easy for us as Christians to miss that. There have no doubt been some in the, in, in the history of the world who have experienced affliction, and maybe some in this room, who have given up on God. Well, maybe not entirely, but for a season. Maybe in that moment, for those few days or those few weeks or those few months in that affliction, you said, I'm done with you, God. You, you, you didn't hear my prayers. Why are you letting this happen? And in that moment, we feel like God has abandoned us. But what we need to remember as a Christian, when we go through afflictions, when we go through hard times for the Lord, those are the times that we need to realize that maybe God is trying to show us something in our life. Maybe God is trying to renew our hope. Perhaps we put our hope in something other than the Lord and God is trying to renew our faith so that our hope is in Him. He's trying to remind us that we need some endurance to know that whatever we're going through, it may last a lot longer than we want it to. It usually does, right? We want stuff to be over in about two seconds. Sometimes it lasts two days or two weeks or two months. Sometimes God is building our character through endurance so that we'll be stronger in Him, so that we'll be better equipped to serve Him for whatever He may call us to in the future, so that we may be more like the people of Thessalonica that Paul was encouraging, saying, Your faith is flourishing. Your love for one another is increasing. And that's what God desires for our life, that our faith would flourish and that our love for one another would increase. 
And so we need to ask ourselves, are we growing in the Lord? Is our love increasing? And if it's not, we need to go to Jesus and we need to say, Jesus, you've been my example. Help me to get through these things and help me to follow your example to be the servant that I need to be and have the faith that I need to have and have the love like you had for me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this good word tonight, and I pray that we would take it to heart. These are, these are good things for us as Christians to hear, dear Lord. Sometimes we may be like the people of Thessalonica, and we may just be doing good, dear Lord. We may be, uh, we may be loving our, our, our neighbors good. We may be strong in our faith. There may be other times, though, God, where we're just kind of weak in our faith, maybe because of sin, maybe because we haven't uh, been, been seeking you and, and, and trying to grow in you, dear Lord. Maybe there's a situation that has arisen in our life and we're just kind of kind of bummed about it and, and can't see how good could come out of it. But dear Lord, I pray that you keep us strong as we do your work. When we face affliction and we face hard times and we face those who come against us when we try to love on them and tell them the gospel, dear Lord, help us not to get discouraged. It's easy to do, dear Lord. Maybe there's some afflictions in, in here tonight that people are experiencing and maybe they're not coming from 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 going out and, and, and sharing the gospel, but maybe that affliction's coming in some other way through something that's going on in their life. God, I pray that you would just help their character to grow. G give them patience and, and endurance, God, that through this experience, they wouldn't question you, but they would have faith in you all the more. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you guys a few updates. We can pray for